Intentionally Disruptive is brought to you by Microformulas. Creating solutions that work is what we do. Restoring hope and health is who we are. Visit Microformulas online at microformulas.com. A podcast about life. I mean, that's a struggle, I think, with every single day. Are we good enough? Everything it can throw at you. The only person that can make us happy is ourselves. Real people talking about life's real issues. Oh, yeah, there we go. This is Intentionally (laughs) Disruptive with Shonda McNeil. Our series this month is called It's All a Bunch of Hocus Pocus. This means it's time to dig deep into mysterious conversations. This month, we're going to talk fears, paranormal activity, murders, Now, this is our first episode of the It's All a Bunch of Hocus Pocus, and this week we are looking into the scariest story ever told. Now, this is according to uh, The New Yorker. They published it back in uh, 2015. It was written by a guy named Colin Nassan. Do we know if it's Nissan or Nassan, Rachel? Nassan? Pretty sure it's Nissan. Either way, Colin, thank you for the content. Now, instead of me reading you the scariest story ever told. Uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun for the podcast team, along with our friends uh, Dylan and Alex. Are we having Alex? Be, is Alex not doing it now? Okay, Alex so, is engineering Okay, right so, now, okay so, so Alex is engineering. Uh, yeah. Dylan's going to join us. We're going to sit down for a table read. It's kind of like what they do in Hollywood when they're about to film a movie. Is that right, Dylan? You're into film? Is that right? I believe so, Shonda. Okay, great. Um, now, we've all been assigned roles. I will play the narrator. I may or may not have altered the lines. Now, I would like to mention that this will probably be an absolute train wreck. This will probably be the biggest podcast regret of our, what, one-year existence? I'm, I'm almost positive. No? Yeah? Everybody's quiet? Everybody's focused on your script? Um, okay, here we go. Everybody ready? Ready, boss. Dylan. Oh, my gosh. That was... <laughs> We are so over this already. <laughs> We're over it. Dylan, what do I say before I start uh, like start the movie scene or start the table read? Well, when we were rehearsing, you would say and scene. And scene. Oh, th- thanks, thanks but, for bringing that but up. The, but the and scene comes at the end of a scene normally. <laughs> thanks, Dylan. When someone's Dylan. showing acting chops, they say and scene. Thank you, Dylan. But this time around, I don't really know. We oh. could say We could say... Take one. That's, and, that's and, good. and when we start, since you're narrating, you're sort of directing us. You could yell action. Oh, that's a good idea. Yes. Action. Let's do action. Yeah, action. Okay. There it is. All right. So, producer Danny, cue the scary music. We're going to see if this really is the scariest, what is it called? The scariest story ever told. And action. At the end of a quiet road, behind a veil of twisted black oak trees, there was a house. A woman lived there. On a bitter night like this one, she sat by the fire and read until she grew tired enough for sleep. But on this night, as her lids grew heavy, she was startled by a sound. A sound she wasn't accustomed to hearing these days. She thought, who could be calling? And this late, she rose from her chair and picked up the phone. Hello? I'm going to kill you. Who is this? There was no answer. Hello? Who is this? Her hand trembling. Please tell me, who are you? There was a click. Then silence. She quickly dialed the police and explained what had happened. Give me a few minutes and I'll see if I can trace the call. The officer put her on hold for a short 27 minutes. 
When she gets back on the line, he says, The call is coming from inside your house. Helen sits the phone down, looks out the window, and begins to twirl her hair. This is her number one go-to when feeling confused or simply not understanding what is going on. Now, this all seems kind of rude because the officer is still on the phone waiting for a response. We could all assume she's getting him back for keeping her on hold for 27 minutes earlier. Suddenly, a light bulb goes off. The brain fog subsides. She walks back to the counter, picks up the phone to reveal her take on the situation. That doesn't make sense. How could someone be inside my house? He probably broke in. Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Little did she know, the officer had more bad news. And that's not everything. I'm, uh, I'm not a police officer. You aren't? No, I'm the killer guy from before. I actually never hung up. But I heard a click. The man-slash-killer guy, former police officer, made a clicking sound with his mouth. Like that? Wow, that's really good. Thanks. So are you really inside my house? Yeah, totally. Where? The man's breathing grew heavier. I... bring myself to breathe like that when talking to Kaylee. Okay. Come on, don't look at those. Don't, don't make eye contact. Yeah, I'm going to block her face. Hold on, here we go. I like your hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, serious. Back to scary music. Wait, you can see me? Yes. Wait, you like my hair? It's really nice. If you can see me, then what am I wearing? Hmm. Looks like a blouse from Banana and a skirt from Ann Taylor Loft. Wow, you really can see me. I can also see... Wait, what the hell is that? What? There's a person, a ghost hovering near you. It's sort of hard to trust you after that click thing. No, I'm serious. It's over by the couch. Look. The woman turned around and gasped. (gasps) Oh my god. I see it. I knew this place was haunted. Dude, what is that? Is that a kid? Ew, he's all translucent. It literally looks like a little boy. Like a little baby ghost boy. What does he want? The woman is puzzled. Is it a ghost boy? Is it a ghost baby boy? She is seriously struggling to identify where he falls in the growth chart of life. She then says... I think he wants to play. He's holding a kite. The ghost baby boy floated closer and spoke. Play with me! (laughs) What? He can talk? Play with me! (laughs) Um, no thank you. He can't hear you. Put me on speaker. Hold on. Okay, try now. We don't want to play with you, okay, Junior? Just run along. Baby Ghost Boy tilts his head to one side and simply says this. Why? There's a long 18-minute pause. Killer Man Guy and the woman who lives in the house seem to lack conversation skills. 
baby ghost boy suddenly throws his little baby ghost boy hands in the air with excitement. He opens his baby ghost boy mouth, finally breaking the silence, and says, Playing is fun! <laughs> it's so aggressive. <laughs> the original killer man guy, former police officer, becomes furious at baby ghost boy for pushing the issue. No, it isn't. Baby Ghost Boy ignores Killer Man Guy's overreaction and begins to stare at the woman who lives in the house. Who are you? Why are you in my house? The woman who supposedly lives in the house is more confused than ever. Oh, I'm Ellen. I actually live in this house now. And the voice you're hearing on the phone is, uh, I didn't get your name. It's, uh, Douglas. Douglas is hiding somewhere in here, trying to kill me. Right, Douglas? That was the plan. And you guys are scared of a kid with a kite? Weird. Douglas slash killer man guy slash former police officer is absolutely furious with Ghost Baby Boy. He simply had enough with all the Ghost Baby Boy questions. He quickly answers back with something extra witty. A dead kid with a kite? A heavy silence filled the room. You could cut the tension with a knife. Suddenly, the doorbell rang. Douglas slash killer man guy reacts with his most clever doorbell zinger yet. Expecting someone? It rang again. Ellen walked over and opened it. Standing there was a hulking man in ratty clothes, barely concealing a bloodied machete behind his back. Pardon me, ma'am. My car broke down and I was wondering if I could charge my phone inside your house. Um, sorry, I don't think so. She starts to close the door on Machete Murder Man, but Machete Murder Man wasn't having it. He quickly shoved his disheveled Machete Drifter Man foot inside while whispering a phrase that will send chills up your spine. Well, I do think so. <laughs> Worst Murder Man voice, or mach- what, what, Machete Murder Man? Anyway, um... Ellen stumbled and fell to the ground with her face just inches away from Machete Murder Man's murdery foot. Douglas, a.k.a. the original killer guy, is watching this all go down from his hiding spot inside the woman's house because, well, he wants to be murdery too. But has he had a change of heart? Or is he just angry that Machete Drifter Murder Man has forced himself into their lives? He aggressively shouts, Who the hell is that? I'm a homicidal drifter. Who the hell are you? Machete Drifter Murder Man looked confused. I mean, rightfully so. We're still waiting to get the scoop on the original killer guy slash Douglas slash former police officer's hiding spot. Where is the voice coming from? The Machete Drifter Murder Man howled back with the most outside-of-the-box question yet. Where's that voice coming from? He's a killer hiding in my house. The woman, who we now know as Ellen, holds up the phone. It's Douglas. His name is Douglas. Hiding? Hiding where? Machete Drifter Murdery Man looks around nervously. He's in the closet. Machete Drifter Murdery Man is frightened, confused, overstimulated, much like us who are listening and trying to make sense of this story. In Machete Drifter Murder Man's case, though, it was the sight of baby ghost boy and his creepy kite that's being held by his tiny, horrifying baby ghost boy hands. He screams. What in the sh- is that? 
Baby Ghost Boy quietly drops his Baby Ghost Boy kite from his tiny, tiny Baby Ghost Boy hands. With his Baby Ghost Boy head tilted to one side, he slowly opens his Baby Ghost Boy see-through and I'm assuming really stinking mouth. Was he yawning? Choking? Maybe he's hungry and longing for some delicious baby ghost boy after school snacks. Nobody knows. Well, after 21 and a half uneventful yet creepy minutes of silence in his soft, breathy and occasionally phlegmy baby boy ghost boy mouth, he says I'm a ghost. I used to live here like a hundred years ago. Oh, and let me guess, you don't want to play with me. No, I don't want to play with you. What's going on in here? What's going on in here is no one will play with me. Why are you slurring? Why did it go Indian? Just <laughs> flimmy! We told you no Indian. Baby Ghost Boy is like addicted to opiates or something. <laughs> Why are you slurring? Sorry. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Annoyed by Baby Ghost Boy's stupid flimmy voice and consumed with high levels of rage, the original killer slash Douglas slash original police officer man violently screams. For cake's sake! No one's flying a kite. Give it up. Baby Ghost Boy began to cry little baby Ghost Boy tears. The woman slash Ellen is very displeased with Douglas slash the original killer guy's behavior. As she shakes her head in disappointment, she sternly delivers these words. Now you made him cry, Douglas. Douglas didn't give 20 sh- he even took it a step further by reaching out of the closet with his super duper holy hands to quickly snatch up baby ghost boy's ghostly see-through and a tad cloudy kite. But it's what he said next that reveals just how much of a delusional, giant, extra flappy rubber bag he is. <sighs> Sorry if I'm a little on edge. You let a killer into your house. First of all, I didn't let him in. He busted in. It's true. I did. Second of all, you're also a killer, Douglas. Touché. And third of all, don't say sorry to me. Say sorry to the dead kid. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have snapped at you. Baby Ghost Boy was feeling all the Baby Ghost Boy feels. Ellen was on his Ghost Baby Boy side. He tilted his head to the other one side and smiled. Everyone seemed to calm down a bit until the doorbell rang again. Ellen walked toward the door. The woman slash Ellen slash Bonehead shockingly ignores their desperate cries. She opened the door and peered outside. There was no one out there, just a large wooden box on the front step. What could be in the wooden box? Ellen's missing brain? The time and energy we've all lost getting through this story? The woman slash Ellen updates the murdery ghost gang on her findings. There's a box out there. There's no label or anything. I have a bad feeling about this box. Baby Ghost Boy chimes in. I hate this box. Ellen ignored them and carried it inside. She turns to the Machete Drifter Man and says, May I? Machete Drifter Murder Man wiped his machete on his pants and handed it to Ellen. She popped open the top, reached in, and pulled out a tattered clown doll with a sinister grin. The original killer slash Douglas guy is still communicating with Ellen over the phone and is eager to share his thoughts. Why is he still on the phone, by the way? He's sitting in his not-so-secret hiding spot located in Ellen's house? Yep, we're just as confused as you are. The original killer guy slash Douglas shouts from the phone. What is it? What is it? Some sort of clown doll. 
a hundred-year-old baby ghost boy starts to cry. I don't want to play with a clown doll. <laughs> you sound like a baby bad? hillbilly. That was funny. Why don't we just put this thing back in the box before it all gives us nightmares, okay? Ellen, who we now all hate, continues to piss us all off with her lack of survival skills and her strong desire to keep the story going by saying things like this. Look, there's a string. Oh, huge shocker. Ellen quickly pulls the string before anyone could object because she's dumb. Within seconds, the clown began to wheeze. Its eyes shifted from side to side, an eerily cheerful song from its old, gross, open mouth. cackle. The original killer guy, Douglas, is fed up with Ellen and is ready to give her a piece of his mind. Really psyched you pulled the string, Ellen. I mean, come on. We would all like to thank Douglas for those impactful words and not wasting more of our precious time. We know his words really got through to Ellen. Meanwhile, baby ghost boy leans into his curiosity. What does a clown mean? Machete Drifter Man predicts their fate. I think he was pretty clear. He's gonna kill us, basically. How's a doll gonna kill us? Each of them silently surveyed the room in anticipation. Suddenly, lights went out. Baby Ghost Boy attempts to get answers. What happened? Who did that? Machete Drifter Man is pissed. I can't see anything. I can't see anything because it's way too dark. Through the darkness, Ellen let out a cry. Oh no. Oh, yes, and it's all your fault. Douglas calls out to Ellen. Ellen? What is it? Ellen doesn't respond. It's complete silence. With his voice shaking, Machete Drifter Man discovers Ellen and shouts out to the others that he's cracked the case. Uh, guys, it's the clown. It killed her, and we're next. Baby Ghost Boy hangs his tiny see-through baby head and cries. It's still unclear if he was sad or they were actually happy tears because Ellen and her bad choices are now out of their lives forever. Baby Ghost Boy mumbles. He killed Ellen. Seconds later, the lights flash back on. Ellen, who is alive again, spreads her eyelids apart and pokes at her pupil. My stupid contact lens, it just slid out of place. So annoying. No, Ellen, you're suddenly coming back to our life is annoying. You're making Machete Drifter Man squirm. That's annoying. This is all I hear. Oh, please don't do that. Original killer guy Douglas feels left out and wants to know what she's doing. I mean, hello? Are we completely ignoring the fact that she was declared dead 16 minutes ago and now she's talking about contact lenses and feeling annoyed? So Douglas shouts out to them once more. What's she doing? Baby Ghost Boy chimes in and already forgetting that he mourned her death only 19 minutes ago. Touching her actual eyeball with her actual finger. Maneuvering deeper into her eye and still not addressing her recent and very short-lived death, Ellen shares her contact lens struggle. It's a real slippery one. Just can't get a grip on it. Douglas gags. Oh my god, it's so vile! 
The drifter raised his fist to his mouth as Ellen pressed her thumb against her wet, quivering eyeball for leverage. As the narrator of this story, I have no idea what's going on and I'm more confused than ever. Ellen, stretching her lid out, says... <laughs> that sounds so gross. Ugh. Now I think it's folded up under my lid. Can someone look at this and tell me if they can see it? There was a click from the phone. Ellen calls out to Douglas, who has been on the phone the entire time. Douglas, was that a real click this time? The ghost boy faded into the wall, but not before shouting his signature sign-off. I'm out. Ghost boy. She heard the front door opening behind her. Drifter, you too? The drifter turned to her with a dazed look. I hate this place so much. He then dropped the machete from his limp hand and walked into the darkness. The end. Are you guys accepting this? That's the end. Yeah. And th- this is and scene. Did I get that right? You say it now. Very good. And scene. Nissan. And scene. Nissan. Sorry, sorry. Oh, we gotta get out of here. At the end. Okay, so that wasn't the scariest story ever told. Maybe the most ridiculous and confusing story ever told, but definitely not the scariest. All right, so coming up next week, we will continue the It's All a Bunch of Hocus Pocus series where we'll discuss fears. We'll hear from those who are afraid of blood, grass, tiny circles, cardboard touching, bugs, and even wet stickers. That's next week on Intentionally Disruptive. Intentionally Disruptive is presented by Microbe Formulas. Creating solutions at work is what we do. Restoring hope and health is who we are. Visit us at microbeformulas.com.